0: let's move beyond your comfort zone and into your genius zone, because it's time to tap into the higher wisdom within you, your higher genius. I'm your host, Christy Turley, author of the book, The Intuition-Led Business, serial entrepreneur, and intuitive intelligence expert. Imagine the possibilities when you can make better decisions and create practical and sustainable solutions using the power of your intuition, your higher genius. This is the Higher Genius Podcast today, Wes Schaefer joins me. He is uh, an expert in sales. He says he rehabilitates salespeople and trains their managers. And he's the author of 2.5 books on sales, marketing, and entrepreneurship. He's the host of the Sales Podcast and the CRM Sushi Podcast. And he's helped over 5,000 of the world's top speakers, authors, coaches, and sales professionals to achieve miraculous growth. So join me in welcoming Wes.
1: Thanks for having me. Good to see you finally.
0: I know. It's been years. We've known each other. So it's good to, to chat. I'm on glad I podcast. caught you in a
1: moment of weakness and those 14 other people had to cancel and, and you were able to squeeze <laughs> me in. So that's, hey, whatever it takes. Beggars can't be choosers.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, please. <laughs> We're in for a ride here. He's such a joker. <laughs> so, Wes, you call yourself the sales whisperer. What, is that, what does that mean? Why do you call yourself It's all that?
1: gone right, I do. <laughs> I got the circle R thingy to prove it. If you send I know, people, I saw that. <laughs> if you send the government like $800, they'll give you a circle R thingy too if somebody else hadn't claimed it already. I'm just saying.
0: That's right. But did you put the TM first before
1: before you really I,
0: had the rights for the R? <laughs>
1: I think I did, and actually, my old logo it still has the TM on it. I just didn't feel okay. Like you did it right because I, I a friend of mine. She's in marketing. She does you know, promotional items and all the setup. Like I got to pay like an extra fee for the little R. Like who the hell even knows? But anyway,
0: it's right. Well, it's all marketing, right? It's a game. On all my so.
1: digital stuff. It's the R circle thingy. But you know what? So funny story. Um, You know, Captain Kangaroo was not a captain and he was not a kangaroo, right? He just gave himself that name. And Dr. Seuss wasn't even a doctor and his name wasn't Seuss either. So give yourself your own damn name, but do it quickly. Because I waited to file my trademark just so I had a little more money, a little more cash flow. I mean, because I did it early in my business. And someone had filed already ahead of me, but Mm -hmm. they had filed an intent to use, Whereas I was already using the name. I was running workshops, had business cards printed up. I owned the URL, yeah. which was a good thing. So I had to pay like an extra four hundred dollars, I think, for the appeal or whatever. Yeah. It took an you extra test
0: it. Mm-hmm.
1: it. Took an extra amount of time, but I eventually did win it. And this guy was like a professor somewhere in Michigan or something. So it's like we agreed to let him use it like locally or whatever. But that was years ago. So so Claim your stuff. Oh, right? I
0: agree. Uh, yeah, I think you know. I have a little circle R on Thrive Marketing as well, and uh I I did it in the beginning, which I'm so glad. There's so many like Thrive names now, and I have to say oh I was gosh. like the original because it was 2004. But I have had to contest like other people using it, doing cease and desist. And, oh, I know. So I, if I'll, you're gonna claim it, you actually have to defend it too.
1: You do. I message people all the time. I'm nice about. It. I'm like, hey, I hate to do this. I hate to be a jerk, but my attorney says if I don't. If I don't have documentation asking not to use it, I could lose it, you know. Right, so would you exactly. mind not using that name? And and I haven't had any
2: problem.
0: Yeah. Well, I like it. You just own it. And you're an you're an awesome salesperson. So um You say it, so it must t- be true. Well, it must be true. And here's the third party proof, right? So um you say that salespeople need hugs. Why is this?
1: Hey, we all need hugs. We we all need <laughs> hugs, you know. I, I gave a talk a while back, and I've got a blog post, and um, and it was the full title was "Why do celebrities do drugs, and why do salespeople need hugs?" Mm-hmm. And because, like, you see celebrities like overdosing. You're like, yeah. "What's going on?" They have the world, you know, Prince, right? Whitney Houston, you know, if that's Morrison, what happened, right? I mean, all mm-hmm. of them, <laughs> Michael Jackson, like, what the heck? What the yeah. heck? Right? Uh, and it's the same reason salespeople need hugs some they they feel as though they are not good enough they feel like they're not complete mm. uh and salespeople, we hear know a bunch right and so um and there's a fine line with everything there's two sides to every coin right good old miller lite i don't know if you're old enough to remember great taste less filling right there's always there's a caveat there there there's a the trade off there there's the dog um so You gotta encourage your salespeople, but you you can't coddle them, Mm -hmm. okay? And so finding that balance between, you know, the carrot and the stick. Um, But ultimately, when you look at at network marketing companies from Mm -hmm. whatever, you name it, Amway to whatever, why do they continue to exist and grow and people attend? And if you ever notice in those things, There's not like, you know, one or two levels. There's like 87 levels. (laughs) So true. (laughs) I'm a ruby, silver, diamond, platinum, titanium, brass, knuckle, wielding, you know, copper. Oh, (laughs) good for you. They get promoted damn near every meeting.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Right? Jenny Craig, you have to show up and get in front of everyone and get on that scale. It's negative if you don't hit your goal. It's positive if you do. But the the accolades, the encouragement, the ongoing, it's like little baby steps, right? But if you look like a a plane flying with GPS is literally off track the entire flight. It's the winds are blowing it, whatever. It's it's always off track. It's always adjusting. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, so we need to be constantly like slapped back on the track. (laughs) hugged back sometimes to stay on course, stay the path, but it's got to be constant. And if it's constant, if it only has to be a little,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right, a stitch in time saves nine. So encourage, let them know that they're good enough. They're smart enough and doggone it. People like you, Mm -hmm. you know, so encourage your people to keep them going because sales can be a tough, hard, lonely road.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that speaks to human nature too. I think there's, I think, who was it? Tony Robbins that said that pretty much everyone on planet Earth has this thing where they don't feel like they're enough. And, and salespeople, I mean, there's definitely a personality type for a salesperson, right? I mean, they can be all different types of personality, but is there like, is there something like, have you ever read that book, The Five Love Languages? Sure. There, yeah. So there's like words of affirmation you know, would probably be huge um, with salespeople, yes? I mean, what are some Maybe. of the common things that you've seen besides hugs that they need in the promotional ranks, but what are the things, how can we keep them motivated?
1: Well, everyone is a little bit different, right? But salespeople, the nice thing with salespeople is that we know definitively who the number one salespeople are in any industry, in any region, any company, any time period. Right. If I ask you, who's the best architect? Who's the best massage therapist? Well, I don't know. How do you how do you judge that? Like, who, who charges the most? Who has the most reviews on Yelp? You know, OK, maybe, maybe. But I don't know. Maybe they, they give them wine and beer when they give a massage and they're really not a great massage therapist. They're just, just a great marketer.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: salespeople, we know we can. I can call up Ford and say, hey, who's the number one Ford salesperson in Southern California? For the last three years, they they have that right. Oh, do you want total units, new units, used units, total volume, gross margin? What do you? They have measurable. Mm -hmm. It's measurable, right? So you can test those people, and they have been tested for like literally fifty or seventy five years in North America and Europe. Uh, They've tested people, so they have these profiles of like what are top producing salespeople? What do they have in common? And there's and depends on the sale. Mm. So like high
0: ticket versus yeah, high network ticket, marketing.
1: Low is, it a, is it a one call close? Is it a complex sale taking months or even years? You know, if you're selling Boeing aircraft, right, to the military. Or custom
0: yachts, like one of our clients. yeah. Yeah,
1: it's going to take a little while. It's not a one call close. So is it inside sales? Is it outside sales? Is it tangible? Is it intangible? Like we sell software for businesses, right? You can't touch it like, send me some money and, and, and write a check, you know, sit, put your credit card, you know, hundreds of dollars, thousand dollars every month, and you're going to have some software. Mm-hmm. So the key attributes in those salespeople are all going to be a little bit different, but they are, they have been tested. They can be measured. There's always outliers, of course, but you're just, you're, you're, you're running a risk when you hire someone that doesn't fit the ideal criteria. So,
0: okay. So what are some of those assessments? This is, this is super interesting. I love personality profiling. What is the best one for the salesperson?
1: Yeah. And there's not a best, I mean, there or you got to see. few. Yeah. Well, there's the old, there's the old reliable, you know, the disc, the Myers-Briggs and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work with a guy who has a one year guarantee on replacing salespeople. Oh, wow. Uh, and he, he uses different like there's like trimetrics is a iteration of disc whatever but he's he's taken kind of all of them and just applied like the human touch to it his own decades of experience to find what what really ticks you know but and all these tests vary right Tony you mentioned Tony Robbins he used to have a free one now I think it's only 10 or 15 dollars any of those are better than nothing right okay some of these can run hundreds of dollars uh if you want If you want the results, if you want the the results on the person, if you want a report on Mm -hmm. how to uh, engage with that person, if you want consulting along with it, you know, you're going to spend thousands of dollars. Okay. Uh, But it's the old adage, you know, what if I train my salespeople, you know, blah, blah, and and they leave. It's like, well, what if you don't train your salespeople and they stay?
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: Right. So. So hire correctly, get the training that you need to motivate and retain top talent. You know, but literally do a search. And if somebody's listening to this, if you've never done uh, a personality profile, you know, go find a free one, go find a $10, $15, $20 one. Just and and literally any of them are better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And, And start to experiment with it, see how are the results. The cool thing is, you can give it to your existing people, right? Okay, Uh, let them take it, and all of you analyze and say, "Hey, how accurate is this?" Mm -hmm. Right? And once, and maybe maybe test a few. Okay, you you got five people. All right, you go take five different tests. What's twenty-five tests? They're ten dollars each. Okay, two hundred fifty bucks. They're they're twenty dollars each. All right, you may spend a thousand dollars and have five people in your office. All go take four or five tests. You can start to kind of line them up and see, but remember, you don't, the, the marketing person's profile doesn't matter for the salesperson position. Mm-hmm. So if you have five people, make sure they're all in the same role, right? They're all in five salespeople, not the office manager and the marketing manager right. and the the IT guy exactly. and your two salespeople that those they're totally
0: different people, right?
1: Right. right. So go do that and you'll see which one is really working. If, if you're a bigger company, uh, you got a little bigger budget, call me, right. And, um, I'll bring John in and it'll cost you, it's gonna cost you some money. right? But it's going to be a fraction of what it costs when you hire the wrong person.
0: Exactly. Like there's so many studies out there about the cost of turnover. I mean, you've got oh. the cost of hiring, then you've got the cost of firing and having to replace and it's tens of thousands of dollars. There's calculators out there that'll do it for you. Um, just oh yeah, plus the opportunity
1: cost. Like they're yes. not out there hustling doing deals. Exactly. You know? Yeah, it's I've seen it anywhere from like like three to five x of their of their total targeted earnings. Right. So if you hire a salesperson, you know you pay them a base salary of even like low at forty grand, but sixty grand a commission. So a hundred grand. Well, if 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 you're paying a hundred grand then hopefully you're making 200 grand or 300 grand you know on that person right so if they if they do half of their sales that they should have so not only did you spend the 40 grand plus the office everything else they didn't close you know 20 deals that would have generated a couple hundred grand for you so mm-hmm. it's a big deal you know yeah. to get the right people on board
0: so let's talk about that. You mentioned base and um, commission, and you know, what are some of these dirty little truths about hiring salespeople that you've got to watch out for? Whether you're looking to hire someone as an employee or a contractor, or high ticket or low ticket, um, what are some of the things that you need to watch out for?
1: Well, like a mutual fund, Past performance is no guarantee of future results. <laughs> yeah. most, most people are hiring, they, they, they want to hire someone with experience. Well, the, the problem there is just because they, they did sell somewhere else doesn't mean they will sell for you. And how do you know that they're accurate and honest with what they told you they were selling? Mm. You know, so, and also people will hire for Rolodex. Oh, we need to get Christine. She knows everybody. She's been in the business 20 years. You know, there's Google. You can look people up. Don't Mm -hmm. hire somebody thinking you're going to get access to all the people that they know. Um, But the reason companies do that, number one, is uh, business owners need to understand their number one job is to market. Sales manager's number one job is to recruit. Okay? And that's where most people fall flat on their face. Mm -hmm. Are, Are you a sports fan at all? Do you like football, basketball?
0: Um, I don't watch. I played um, so, and I don't continue you to watch, them, but I That's get it. Awesome. No, I did I played, well, European football. I played soccer. Uh, <laughs> so.
1: All right. All right. So, you know, in college um, that they can only play for four years, mm-hmm. right? Schools like, you know, football, they can redshirt someone so they can set them aside for a year and let them grow and develop. Because you're 18 years old, right? You're still growing mm-hmm. and jumping into a college, like a, a really big program it's a big jump it's faster it's more complex so so at most at best a college is going to have their players at most for five years and they'll only play four great schools like you've got Alabama and LSU coming up right I'm a big LSU fan so you know Nick Saban was the coach at LSU and he left now he's at Alabama he he has great players The great ones usually only stay about three years and then they're recruited to the NFL. I've heard that he's lost something like 17 coaches in like eight or 10 years. Hmm. Phenomenal, right? But he's still every year competing for number one. He recruits. He knows that these kids are going to leave. He knows these coaches are going to leave. So he is always recruiting, bringing in fresh blood. So Do you have a system in place to bring in top talent all the time and identify them? And I guarantee you, Nick Saban does not adjust how he coaches. He he gets these superstar kids and says, look, you're great. You're this five-star athlete. You're like number one in the country, number two in the country, you know, top player in Texas, whatever but you're you're going to step your game up because you're going to be in the best program in college, but it's my program. Okay. So are you on board or not? You want to be a hot dog, do your own thing. This is not the program for you. Most companies, they get desperate. They don't recruit. So their top person leaves because that's what happens with top people. They get recruited away or they go start their own thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. The dogs never leave. The top ones leave. So now you're desperate. So now you run an ad. Oh, please, 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 just come on in. Uh, Our top guy just left. We gotta do, do, we're we're hurting. Guys, like you know, I want to work from home. I want you to deliver me coffee and Subway sandwiches every day, and uh, every other Friday off, and you know, double my commission. Okay, fine, fine. Yes, please, just come work for me, please. You're done. That person's not going to be productive,
2: right?
1: You know, so you gotta, you gotta turn things around. Have a process, document the process. You know, I work with people all the time, you know, on these fancy CRMs and marketing automation and all this. But it's like, what does it take to get someone on the phone, to set a meeting, to get the decision makers in the meeting, to show up for the meeting, to ask good questions, to answer them honestly, you know, and to to give you honest feedback on their budget and accept the deal. Mm -hmm. What does that really take? They don't know. They don't know. So now they hire someone and they're like, well, here's your computer. Here's your iPhone. Uh, we got you LinkedIn navigator. Oh yeah. Your quota is a million dollars. Go get them. What do I do? What do I say? When do I say it? Uh, well you'll figure it out see the problem so, there
0: yeah totally so what what are those steps what are the what are the proven steps to make well you say make every sale i love that as a tagline like who thinks that way who thinks 100 you know out uh, of 10 out of 10 sales well, that's great but how do you do it
1: well so that make every sale means two things so one is your goal is to make every sale you should i mean have a high goal if you have 10 opportunities your goal should be to close all 10 but the the deeper meaning behind make every sale is what I say is to make any sale you must make every sale and so the analogy that I use is dating right have you ever been on a date Christy oh yeah uh,
0: you're oh. asking me I thought it was just hypothetical yes Yes, on a date, date. Right? <laughs>
1: yeah so do you remember when you and your husband first met yeah All right. So tell me, was it, did y'all know each other from school or was it business? Was it a ball? Actually,
0: we did. We, we ran into each other at age 22. We had been on one date at age 17 um, and we had met each other like age 15. Okay. Yeah.
1: So that's very cool. My wife and I met at a bar, San Bernardino, just up the road. Okay. So when I say to make any sale, you must make every sale. So I met her at a country bar. I could dance. I can still dance. Um, Cool. (laughs) So two hours before I go to the club, I'm washing my clothes. I'm taking a shower. I'm shaving. I'm putting on deodorant and cologne, right? I'm shining my boots. To make any sale, I got to make every sale. Do I have dirt under my fingertips, my fingernails? Do, Do I smell? Is my shirt old, faded, out of style, wrinkled? Okay. Now I get to the bar we make eye contact or do I walk up behind her, grab her by the shoulder and spin her around and say, come dance with me. Right. (laughs) To make any sale, you got to make every sale. How I approached her mattered Mm -hmm. that I hold her hand, that I lead, that I have her lead. You know, when we danced, was it, was I trying to be all fancy and impress her or just kind of go with the flow, keep it simple, chat a little bit, you know, was I clingy? Was I, Hey, can I buy you a drink? Oh, can I get your phone number? When when do I ask for that? When do I ask for a second dance? To make any sale, you gotta make every sale. So, mm-hmm. you know, the fancy word in marketing is congruency.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? you do you have a video ad? What's the call to action? Does it say learn more? Does it say buy now? Does it say order now? Does it say order today? Is it an orange button? Is it bold? Is it, bold? Is it all caps? Does it have an exclamation point? When I get to the landing page, is it the same color scheme or do I have? You know, is it a young woman on the ad, and then it's some old dude with a beard right. on the landing page? Like, right. oh, oh, a confused mind says but, no.
0: That's right. Some people call it ad scent too. Like yeah. another way of saying it.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So there's there's a blonde young woman with blue fonts, blue content, blah, blah. I land on a page and it's green, and it's a dude with a beard, and and I'm like, whoa. Okay, well, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. So, all right. So now, right. Then I click yeah. and, and if it's like a big pop-up, it's, it's intrusive. If, if it, you know, I got to give like 37 lines of information just to get the report, whatever, like, no, I'm not going to do that.
0: Right.
2: Okay, yeah. It has so. to
0: look and feel the same. So it's feeling comfortable. Even after you make the sale, If you want to keep making more sales, right? It's like, there's been a lot of sales that, you know, things I've purchased where Looked all fancy and great at the beginning. You buy it and then, like, the customer experience is horrible.
2: Yeah. That's
1: why I say, make any sale, you got to make every sale. And I love that. Great salespeople look at, like, what do I have to do to make the fifth sale? Okay. Mm -hmm. Rookies take the money and run.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. But we've all had chargebacks. We've all had refund requests, we've had negative reviews online, or we just have a happy, satisfied customer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If your customer is just satisfied, it's you're not gonna make the next sale unless you have a better price or whatever. Right. They're not mm-hmm. ecstatic.
0: They're not loyal yet.
1: Yeah. So what are you doing to make sure that you you sell through, like soccer, right? When you you didn't just kick the ball and stop right? You kick through the ball, Mm -hmm. baseball, you swing through contact, you know, golf, you swing through impact, boxing, Mm -hmm. right? Punch through their face, (laughs) you know? So you go through contact selling, you got to sell through the conversion through the close, Mm -hmm. right? To make sure that it sticks. Then things start to get easy. Then you get referrals, you get testimonials, things get a lot easier.
0: I love that. The selling through. And even that's something that you talk about a lot, or not you personally, but, um, in, in the world of wholesale, even, you know, you can sell a bunch of product to a retail company, but they still have to sell it through. You still have to support it. So, or you, or you get a bunch of product back. So no matter what industry you're in, I love that selling through. Brilliant. So, um, so are there, are there like certain steps for someone to go through? Um, or is it just this general concept of thinking about it, like dating and, and selling through?
1: Well, I'm from the South. English was an elective. Okay. So <laughs> I, I keep it really simple. And it's just A, B, C, D, E. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of, you heard of pipelines and funnel, right? Funnel hack.
0: Oh, sure. Oh, I hate that word.
1: <laughs> you know, and those are okay as a concept, you know, keep your pipeline full, fill the funnel and, and that's fine, but it's not as a standalone because the problem with those is that they're one direction, mm-hmm. right? The leads flow in one direction, the funnel flows through one direction.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the reality is it's a, it's a cycle it's connected,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So imagine just take a clock, take a circle, whatever, and have connecting arrows around it. Mm -hmm. You know, and at the 12 o'clock position is the A, it's the attraction. What are you doing to attract people to your place of business, to attract people to your trade show booth, to your website? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you got to get them there, but then you also have to offer something that's attractive enough that they identify themselves. Okay, I had a client for many years, uh, and they own a bunch of fast food Mexican restaurants here in Southern California. And they were fine, family-owned, growing, four or five locations, but they had no information on their people, right? And so there's all kinds of opportunities to upsell, right? Super Bowls, uh, graduations, whatever. I mean, there's always something you can, you can cater, whatever but they didn't have their info, right? It's a fast food joint, you know? So we came up with a, a burrito, you know, on your birthday club, so, hey, you want a free burrito? Sign up for the club. Because what's going to happen on your birthday, you're not going to come eat alone, you're going to bring somebody, right. right? So, and whatever, it's half price or a free burrito with a drink, whatever, you're going to bring some friends. So we created that, so now they've opted in They've identified themselves. Now you bond with them. So attract, now put maybe at the 3:30, 4 o'clock position to be, right? You're you're bonding with these people. Multimedia, multi-step. You can opt out of a text message with stop. You can opt out of an email with an unsubscribe. Okay. You can't opt out of a postcard. Yeah. Right? So get everything that you can on a multimedia multi-step. So now you sign up for your, for your birthday, right? Let's say it's, it's January 1st, okay? So do I have to wait a year to stay in touch? No, I got your info, right? What happens in February? Hey, show your, show your love for your loved one. Get him a, a Valentine's Day burrito, right? I, mean, I don't know, get creative, right? You got uh, St. Patrick's Day. It's like, you know what? Little known fact about St. Patrick's, he loved tacos. Show your love for St. Patrick's Day. You know what? Lettuce is green come eat some tacos on St. Patrick's day. I mean, be creative. You can stay in touch, right? So your birthday's in January. Well, all right. So let's do something in June. You know, Hey, it's your half, half birthday. Mm -hmm. So now it's half price off any entree in the month of your half birthday. So get creative, right? Multimedia, multi-step. Now they become a customer, a client, you get the cash. Okay. So the clothes, Mm -hmm. That's just really the beginning. And we're only it's it's the halfway point now of the full relationship. But now things have started getting serious. They gave you money. But it's just like a wedding, right? When you and your husband said, I do, were you done? Or was that really the beginning of the relationship? That's right. right?
2: Yeah. That's
1: the beginning of the real relationship. Everything else, you're just kind of trying things out, to be honest. I was engaged once before I met my wife. So, and I remember my dad. Total sidebar, right? But I met this girl. I knew her from high school. We lost touch. We ran into each other in college when I was at grad school. We got engaged pretty quick. And my dad was like, you're not married till you're married. I was like, well, that's a fine how do you do? But he was right, right? We weren't married till we were married. So anyway, so the cash, the conversion, the clothes, the client, the customer. Mm -hmm. Boom, you're halfway. A, B, C, D, E. Mm -hmm. Now you deliver a wow experience, right? You delight
2: mm-hmm.
1: that customer. This is when you, that's the baker's dozen, right? You order 12, they give you 13. People order software for me, I'll mail them a book. They order a book, I'll send them a CD with it, you know, like things they don't expect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I do know, well, that's cool. Yeah. right And so
0: people love surprises.
1: And, and it, it doesn't have to be crazy. There's a, a company, uh, remember Jabra, the headset company? No. Um, they were they were. I was in that space for a while. They got bought by a by another company, um, but this company would when you ordered your headset and stuff for your phone, they include Rolos, the little chocolate, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the reason they did Rolos because they discovered that you know chocolate would melt in shipment, but a Rollo was pretty tough, right? And so it just it wouldn't melt in a in a typical shipment, and so and people just like it's a little surprise. So I mean, like, what, what is that one penny? Right. But it's, they delight it to the upside. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, now you endear yourself to them. Okay. Um, uh, a friend of mine, he, he ordered something from me a couple of weeks ago, a hat actually. And I threw in some bonus, I threw some CDs, I threw in a handwritten note. He took a picture of this, posted it on Facebook, tagged me, Starts bragging on me. I mean, ways that I mean, I'm freaking blushing, right? And it's like, I couldn't say that about myself, but he could, right? So he gave me a $20 order. I put two CDs in that each cost me probably 80 cents, and I get all this free press. Yeah. So I've endeared myself to him, but now what happens? Again, we're back. So, right, you start at the 12 o'clock position, go to about 3.30 or 4, go down to, like, uh, I don't know, five, uh, 7 o'clock. Now you have to go maybe 8 o'clock. And, dear, you're back to the attraction. Mm-hmm. Chris made that endearing post about me. People now go to my website. I'm attracting birds of a feather.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? People that know, like, and trust Chris now go to my website right expecting to see great things their guard is down at least a little bit because chris had visual proof of what a great guy i am i can't tell him i'm a great guy he can now the attraction is that much easier oh i see that. oh let me get that report well Wes is a good guy i'll give him my name and my phone number It so gets yep. faster and faster and faster right so that's why it's a pipeline is part of it. A funnel is part of it, but it's right. deeper, right? Right? It's it's cyclical. It's, more it's holistic. It's all connected.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I totally agree. Totally 100%. That's great. Okay, so um, is the customer always right?
1: Is that a trick question?
0: Nope.
2: That's a good question.
1: <laughs> no, because we're not, not always right. I mean, and you 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 gotta fire some customers sometimes, right? Holding on to anyone that's that's abusing you, mistreating you, not paying on time. I mean, our number one job when we're prospecting, right? So a salesperson's number one job is to is to prospect, it's not to sell. And people are like, what the hell are you talking about? I can't force you to buy from me, right? But I can force myself. To wake up early, to exercise, be in shape, be in good physical health, good mental health, get to my office early, get the computer turned on, have some goals, make some calls, send some emails, go visit some people, go to some trade shows. I can put myself into position because now if I say the right things and do the right things with enough right people, the word will get out and the right people will find me. Because now I'm disqualifying. And it sounds like semantics. You're qualifying. No, I'm disqualifying. Great salespeople disqualify their prospects. Okay, and a great example is an attorney. Because you'll see, have you been hurt on the job? You may be entitled to compensation. Call the law offices of the sales whisperer. First consultation is free. That attorney's not selling you, right? So here comes Christy. Got her. Got her whiplash collar on and a and a cane and she's walking really slow. And so you you I ease you down the chair, and now the law offices of the sales whisper turns the tables and go, Christy, tell me about what happened. Well, oh, I got hurt at work. Were you high? <laughs> Were you using drugs? Were you drunk? Have you ever been arrested for a DUI? Have you ever been fired for using drugs? Right? They're they're gonna pepper you because they're taking this deal on, on a contingency, right? That attorney is disqualifying you 100%. They got to know, are you lying to me? Are you a drug addict? Are you manipulating? Have you been embezzling? Were you sleeping with the boss and now you're doing this to pay them back? I mean, they got to know. Mm-hmm. So as salespeople, we're doing the same thing. You yeah, know, not that brutal, right? But I turn things around. People are like, Oh, you're the sales whisperer. Can you train my salespeople? And they expect me to start doing a dog and pony show. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I can, I can, I got virtual and I got CDs and, and I got books and I can come on site and I I can be there at a moment's notice. I, I'll try, I'll go to trade shows with y'all. I'll, I'm just, I'm full service. Call me anytime. I sleep with my phone. <sighs> Good luck with that. All right. They say, can you train my salespeople? And I go, how do you know you have salespeople that are trainable?
2: Hmm.
1: That's what we want to do. I want that response from my prospects. Hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, I've never been asked that. I, I never really thought of it that way. I've never been asked that question. You know, I mean, it's a good question. Right. Our job hmm. is to ask questions that the prospect can't answer.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? You have kids, right? they ever been sick? Yeah. You ever sat at your computer till midnight or 2am, 3am on WebMD or Facebook saying, what is Billy Rubin? (laughs) What is, (laughs) what's the white thing they get on their tongue? Your kids had that?
2: Mm
1: -mm. Get some kind of little pasty, I don't know, my wife is like, it's like no big deal, right? But when you see it, like you freak out. Yeah. You go look for answers. You can't find the answers, right? Why does my baby have a rash? Why is my baby colicky? Why won't they keep down any food? You know, they've been sick for so long, blah, blah, blah. When you can't find the answer, you go seek the expert. Mm-hmm. You make the appointment. You go to urgent care. You go to your pediatrician, right? Because you can't find the answer. Right. If your girlfriends, if your mom, if your sister, if your favorite aunt, whatever. Oh, you know what? That's It's jaundice. New babies get it. No problem. Nurse them. Put them in the sunlight. It'll be gone in a week.
2: Oh, okay.
1: I don't need to go to the doctor. No, you don't have to go to the doctor because you found the answer. Our job is to ask questions. They can't, if you have an answer to my questions, why do you need me? Right. And you know, I use this example all the time with women because y'all are smart enough to go to a doctor regularly. Men don't do this. Um, I'm going to assume you have a doctor you've seen for more than a couple of years. Is that a safe bet? Yeah. Okay. Do you know this doctor well?
0: No, not how that well.
1: Go- how long have you gone to this doctor?
0: Uh, Well, during two pregnancies, I got to know my doctor fairly well, but I can't say that like we're friends and like, you know, we know each other's secrets or anything like that.
1: That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. But you've, so how long have you known this doctor? couple years. Okay. You had a couple kids in a couple of years?
0: Pretty much. Well, yeah, they're 21 months apart. <laughs>
1: nice. Our first two are 360 days apart.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's
1: crazy. All right. So you've known this doctor a couple of years. Um, it's safe to say this doctor has seen you, um, all of you, right? Pretty much. <laughs> so the doctor is comfortable with you being in an uncomfortable position,
0: right. literally, right? True.
1: The doctor is not worried about how you feel. The doctor's like, you need to be here in this position, blah, blah, with this instrumentation because I got to do my job, right? Mm -hmm. You trusted your doctor not only with one baby, but with two, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And with future checkups? Uh huh. You're probably going to continue seeing him for the foreseeable future?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably.
1: Okay. Where did he go to college? No idea. Where did he go to med school? No idea. Where did he do his internship? Don't know. Residency. I don't does know. he have does he have g e or siemens uh mRI machines <laughs>
2: right no idea right no idea
0: <laughs> you don't care I mean I think at the beginning, I went to the site and looked at the bio and I was like, okay, I chose my doctor looked at reviews that's pretty much it, but I didn't that's see it. the certificate no <laughs>
1: but but once you met him her her mhm. You're, you were put at ease, right? Yeah. So your intuition, whatever, like, okay, congruency, the ad sent. Maybe you got a recommendation. The website checked out. The staff was polite. The office is clean.
0: Her yeah. bedside
1: manner. Okay. Yeah. You felt fine, right?
0: And I've definitely fired a doctor before, too. Like when, yeah, when I didn't right. like the experience, right?
1: Right. But it was the experience. It wasn't any of the qualifications. Right. None of that stuff. Right. Right? And you trust the doctor's competency by the questions that she asked mm-hmm. what's going on christy they look at your chart age height blood pressure uh you know blood blood panels blah 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 what's your family history anything going on anything i should be worried about what do you do for a living
2: mm-hmm.
1: on and on and on right you having any problems any discomfort any allergies all right lay down let me check eyes ears blah blah blah
2: right
1: okay here's what i see here's what I, oh. Right. And how she conducted herself, you're like, I trust this person not only with my life, but with my baby's life. Right. She didn't say, okay, well, now, what's going on with the ambiotic fluid and the umbilical cord and the placenta? I mean, right. Didn't get into that. Right. But that's how salespeople do it. It's so true. Hey, look. I'm an OBGYN. I've got the newest General Electric equipment. We replaced the Siemens because this model is 32% more efficient, and it's got more X-ray pulses and gamma rays and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? We sterilize our equipment to 297 degrees. And you're like, oh, what? I'm going to go <laughs> deliver at home. <laughs> That's how most salespeople
2: sell. Right.
1: Ask questions that they can't answer. Okay? and things are going to get much easier.
0: I love it. Yeah, cuz these are questions like people people's brains are wired like they have like they have to know the answer. Like you have to close a loop. You can't just keep a loop open. That's why people are binging on Netflix because there's a cliffhanger and they've got to know what happens next. And so I think that's so brilliant Wes too, cuz you can't unask the question either. Once someone asks you the question, you've got to know
1: You know, you got to ask the question. Yeah. It's the open. You can't unhear it rather. Yeah. Yeah. Watch any show. So speaking of Netflix, right. They don't, it's not one steady stream, one uncut sequence for 48 minutes. Right. Right. It's three or four, even five Mm storylines, you know, like look at friends, right. Or whatever. I mean, you got six friends, you got six stories going on. True. You know, maybe they're together. So maybe you got three going on, and then then some a new guy coming in, new gal, new boss, whatever. So four or five stories, and it's mm-hmm. thirty seconds, forty five seconds, jump to the next one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's an open loop. You're like, whoa, what happened to them? Oh, oh, what happened? Oh, an- it keeps you engaged, mm-hmm. right? So that and that's a little bit more on storytelling and advertising. Yeah, let's
0: talk about stories though. Like how. How important are stories when you're when you're pitching or when you're um talking with the prospect? Uh what's your viewpoint?
1: I think like stories are all that matter.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, yeah. and this literally goes back to cavemen. Yep. You know, what were they doing on the walls? They were telling stories.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and um The hero's journey, you know, Joseph Campbell, the, the book by Joseph yeah. Campbell Hero with a thousand faces what george lucas wrote or read before star wars it's embedded in us it's like we just unconsciously understand stories right
1: well we do why did jesus tell parables right right it's it's how you know the old adage i'm always taught is like before you can be different you have to be the same
2: Mm -hmm.
1: okay you gotta meet them where they are like jesus would say you know if you have the faith of a mustard seed, like, okay, well, these were agrarian people, right? These were farmers. These were, were herders. They understood, you know, he said, if one, you have a hundred sheep and one leaves, will not you go get the, get the one, bring it back and celebrate. Yeah. If A woman, you got 10 coins and the woman loses one coin. Won't she light a lamp and look and look and look till she finds the one and then celebrate. Oh yeah. I know what a mustard seed is. I know what a sheep is. I know what losing her coins like. Oh, you're like that ah, okay, gotcha, right? So for thousands of years, we've told stories. And really, it was only in the last like 100 plus years, um, you know, radio came out, you know, newspapers, right? Mass media, but then certainly radio. And then of course, television. We went from being, you know, hey, let's go down to the general store. Let's go down to the post office. Let's go down to the, to the, you know, born, such and such is having a party. Everybody got together and they shared stories. How you doing? How's your mama and them, right? And catch up. But then radio, television, we all come to our little caves and it's a one-way communication, you know, for, for many generations. The internet, like social media, is bringing us back to the central square, Right. Now we can give feedback again. I just now posted, you know, before we got on, I'm going to go eat sushi tomorrow. And I don't know a lot about sushi. I know I like it. I just pretty much eat eat whatever they give me. The guy I wants to meet. So I post on Facebook. Who's got a good all-you-can-eat sushi place in town? All these recommendations. Right? Amazing. I didn't go look for an ad. Right? I, right? I'm not looking up the yellow pages. Right. I'm asking my friends, which is what we did for thousands of years, mm-hmm. right? Where's a good watering hole? I'm, I'm I'm taking my horses over yonder. What's the best way to go? Where's the water? Where's the snakes? Where's the bear live? Well, mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Take your shoes off and sit a spell. I'm a, I'm gonna tell you about that damn bam, that bear. All right. We'd communicate, so we're we're back to that. And it's almost like people forgotten how to do it. So that's I think why we're seeing. Part of the reason we see all the animosity and all but anyway storytelling is pretty much all that matters
0: that's great so how do we find our story i mean obviously stories matter but what kind of story matters yeah. too probably um there's you know philosophies about um do i tell my whole like rags to riches story like in the entrepreneurial world You know, sometimes that's not necessarily the right way to go, right? Um, What kind of stories matter for different situations?
1: Well, I think it was Ogilvy that said, you must enter the conversation going on in the mind of the prospect.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Great salespeople have great empathy. That means you can, you need to be able to finish their sentences. Right, attorneys—they—they'll do that. They'll—they'll—they got to look for any gaps. They got to think if I was that other person, you know, how would I defend this? How would I fight this? You know, here in the political landscape, right? When they're preparing their candidates, somebody sits in as the other person and throws the biggest zingers at them, Mm -hmm. and so you're prepared. You know, do you understand your prospects so well that you can finish their sentences? If you do, then you know what stories to tell them, okay? But most people make it all about them. I am sick to death of the transparent authenticity. We're transparent. We check our egos at the door, (laughs) whatever.
0: Yeah, that can uh, that can shoot you in the foot too, you know, the first time you you know, but it's
1: like don't live up to that. If somebody if I'm on the phone with somebody or meeting them face to face and they're like, Well, I'm a I'm a God believing, I'm a I'm a Christian, you can trust me. Oh, run, run. Right. If you gotta tell me you're a good guy, you're probably not a good guy. Right. All right, walk your talk. So, but you know, what is the story? And it's some of it has to be your story, but yeah, the hero's journey—you gotta make the consumer the hero. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the very earliest—you know—Apple uh, commercials, right? The white silhouette, the white iPod, the white earplugs. But it was a silhouette.
0: Yep, you that's right.
1: You weren't focused on the person per se. Mm-hmm. You weren't even focused on the dials and the and what's the size of the screen it was a thousand songs in your pocket and the person was moving and grooving they're dancing right. they're jogging they're riding the bike they're outdoors they're active with music mm-hmm. that's their story
2: yeah.
1: okay and so put the customer in the center of the story that you tell. And then maybe it's not them. Maybe you got to tell a case study if someone just like them. Mm-hmm. You know, and so.
0: Yeah, such a good point, too, like matching case studies to the right people so that it's relatable. Again, it's like, you know, you, if you're talking to an enterprise level company, you don't want to be talking about someone who went from zero to six figures. It's like, okay, that's not exciting to me, or vice versa. You know, um,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm selling Fords, right? You you drive on my lot with your two babies. I'm not going to make any assumptions that you want a minivan, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to say, what's going on? What do you, how can I help you? What are you looking for? You know what? I don't want to be another soccer mom. (sighs) I like sports cars. You know what? Matter of fact, I like Mustangs. Well, it just so happens my younger sister loves Mustangs too. Right, and she has two boys in there. I don't know; they're like three years apart. But it's like, I'm gonna take my crazy sister with her yeah. green Mustang, putting yeah. two boys in that thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Right, you're like, yeah, I like your sister. You know, right. like yeah, she's all right. She's kind of crazy, but yeah, as far as sisters go, I'm a I'm a keeper. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in it through my sister. Right. Right, and so validate your feelings. Help you be confident to move forward. Well, yeah, I've always loved minivan or I love sports cars, but it's just not practical. We got two kids, and man, I got we got a dog, and cousins and all live nearby. I'm taking three, four kids sometimes. Hey, no sweat. You know what? I've had every minivan in the sun. We've had two Toyota Siennas, a Honda Odyssey, uh, two Dodges. I get it. We love it. Let me show you why. Okay, I'm gonna tell your story right? It's my story, but you're in it. Mm -hmm. So now you can relate. Now I'm giving you confidence so you can pull that trigger.
0: Right. I love it. So let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, I'm curious about something because I get this question all the time. Um, Being in marketing, I hear this from my clients all the time. You know, is it, is it possible to outsource your sales team? or is it more prudent to hire internally or does it matter?
1: No, it matters. Um, you can outsource it. Um, there's pros and cons to everything. Uh, but going back to what we are talking about before, people hire, they hire a salesperson, they give them their quota, they give them a phone, they give them a LinkedIn navigator account and think that's all they need to go sell. If you don't know exactly what's happening and how to make sales happen, then you are at the mercy of the market. Okay, and I say this all the time: the if if I'm speaking with a solopreneur, they're here local, they're just ramping things up. You know, a couple of employees, are doing you know three hundred fifty thousand in revenue right now. Okay. Maybe I have a, a $4,000 coaching program I'll help them with.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right across the street is a 10-year-old company with 50 employees, you know, $18 million in revenue. I might charge them fifty grand for doing damn near the same thing, you mm-hmm. know. Now, it'll take a little more time. There's more people. There's more moving pieces and parts. But ultimately, I'm just helping them sell better. Mm -hmm. Right. So am I ripping off that $18 million company? No, I don't think so. Right. Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. Right. It's all a matter of uh, what's the ROI. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right? If that $18 million company has a $2 million problem that I can solve for $50,000. Exactly. Okay. And. And that's what it takes t- to get my interest because it's more people. I'm going to field more questions. It's going to wear on my own patience and uh, just to keep me interested. That's what I got to charge. But the ROI is there. You know, I charge a guy four grand and maybe they only make $50,000 more. That's still you know, 12x. Little deal. Right? Still it's 12 and a more half. Time 12 too. and a half ROI.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Um, but, or, t- yeah. T- yeah. So, But you, so you got to know what it takes to make that sale. Cause otherwise maybe you can get that person for four grand instead of 50 grand. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know, you're just like, yeah, man, just help me sell more. Yeah. It
0: really boils down to knowing your numbers too. You know? Yeah, exactly. You
1: gotta, you gotta know your margins, but you gotta know, what does it take? Okay, look, this is a complex sale. It's going to take 20 touches. It's going to take an average of six months to get your foot in the door, you know, an average of two years to really penetrate uh, the company and, and hit multiple divisions and, and grow this into a, a signature account. Okay, great. You know, but most people, they just don't know. They're like, look, we make these like cool little LED thingies and like they're used all over the place in boating and in flag football and football stadiums, and they're used in iPhones, and we just need to sell more LEDs. Okay, you want me to just do some research and figure it out? Yeah, if you could, we're just really busy with R and D over here. And okay, you know, I'm gonna charge you a couple hundred grand to make that happen. Whereas if it's like, why does McDonald's continue to grow despite having a 300 percent turnover in their staff? Right, they're hiring pimply faced. Hormone-raging teenagers, right? They're stealing their food. You know, they're calling in sick. Uh, and, and they quit after four months. But McDonald's continues to grow because they have a system, right? Yeah. Do you have that good of a system for your sales? People think selling is all art, you know, and it's not. Selling is is scientific and predictive and prescriptive. As making a big Mac, but people don't take the time to analyze it and document, you know. So the entrepreneur just does things by default or out of necessity, and they figure out what works, but they never analyze it. You know, that's why it's tough to scale. You gotta get somebody from the outside with fresh eyes that's detached. Right? I bet your doctor, your OB, probably she probably doesn't deliver babies for her family. No. Right? Most surgeons, like, they won't work on family because they can't be neutral. They right. can't be detached. Okay? When I walk into that manufacturer or that restaurant, whatever, I want them to do well, but I'm not going to live or die if they do or they don't. Right. So I can give them an impartial, experienced recommendation. Mm-hmm. Right. So bring someone from the outside in, get their opinion, get their advice, and you're probably going to do a whole lot better.
0: Right. And I would even add to that you know, a lot of times the answer you're looking for is inside your own industry. So even looking for some Joe Schmo salesperson who has experience in such and such industry that's your own isn't necessarily the answer either. I mean, you've worked with, like I have, like so many different industries and business models and sizes of companies. Like Hiring someone like you, it would be very much a good decision because you can be innovative and creative. You can pull ideas from different areas and your experience and and be able to come up with a really great solution.
1: Yeah, when you bring in industry insiders, you're gonna get linear growth. When you bring outsiders, you get exponential growth. You know, and the classic examples are, you know, the Gutenberg Press, right? He, it was a combination of a wine press, right? Push the grapes through and squeeze them uh, and coin uh, stamping. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, whoa, I can kind of put these together and put ink on paper. Holy smokes, right? The world changed. Henry Ford went to a, a, a butcher, right? A, a meatpacking plant, right? At the time, I think it cost, it was like $3,500 he was selling his cars for when the average annual income was like $700. It's so like 5X, right? So whatever, what's the average income in America? That, say it's 50 grand, right? So i would be like average cars were $250,000. Wow. So we go, cause like one or two or three people would sit and build the whole car.
0: Right. So they
1: he had all these tools, all this knowledge. Those were, those were talented people. They had to tr- pay him a lot. He goes to this meatpacking plant. And he's like, I'm going to see like this butcher with like knives everywhere, <laughs> making all these cuts. And what he saw was a disassembly plant, right? The carcass was hung and one guy made one cut and it moved along. Next guy made the next cut. He's like, Oh, I can do that in reverse.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: can assemble vehicles, exponential growth, right? Not linear growth. You know, mm-hmm. I ask people all the time, what does a grocery store have in common with an airline? Do you know?
0: I don't. Tell do me. You,
1: do you not know? You, I bet you know. I bet if you had a, a moment, you could
0: if I really think about it, I probably might come up with the answer for you. Right,
1: but it's <laughs> but it's not obvious, right?
0: Yeah, no, it's not obvious.
1: But, you know, a tomato has a certain shelf life, right? Mm -hmm. Once you pass that date, milk, right, eggs, once they pass their expiration date, it's wasted. Got to throw it away, right? Gone forever. What happens uh, at 8.01 for an 8 a.m. departure for a flight when there's an empty seat? it's gone forever. Right? Yep. That plane is pushing back. Yep, The doors are closed. We're pushing back. Any of those empty seats are, are wasted milk, right? So an airline has a whole lot in common with a grocery store.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: maybe you should bring an airline consultant into your grocery store or vice versa. Okay. Right. Now I'm not saying 100% of the time, but getting them to come in and sprinkle and, and change things up a bit. So people say, you know, how much, how much experience do you have with alpaca toenail grooming? You know, I'm like, uh, none. none, right? Which is exactly why you need me.
0: Yeah, I get that question all the time too. Yeah, these alpacas,
1: I need to buy some of these things. I it's know, right? Hopping. You know, so you need an outsider to come in. There's no sacred cows, right? I'm going to ask and uncover, like, why is this done that way? No, 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 really, tell me why. Oh, you're always done it that way. Okay, why? Who can tell me why it's done this way? Okay, delete it. Nobody can tell me. Get rid of it. Oh, but, oh, but no, no butts. You're just hanging on to stuff because it's comfortable. Whatever. Right. Whatever. I'm not here to make you comfortable. I'm here to make you profitable. So right. if you can't explain it, get rid of it.
0: So good. Well, that's good. That's even good advice for life, too. I mean, traditions can keep us stuck. Yeah. True. Sure.
1: Like everything. I mean, there's two sides of every coin traditions are great it tells you where you come from sure, it gives sure. you pride and blah 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 but, but there's a reason st-
0: that I could tell you you know hey yeah. we make burritos on Christmas every year because it's been a tradition since the 60s you know in, in our family so, yeah oh so, it was a good tradition cool. yeah yeah so
2: but gotta yeah have a reason.
0: yeah you got to have a reason agreed cool Wes, this has been awesome. How can people find out more about you, get to know you, um, learn how to work with you? Just
1: go to my site, thesaleswhisperer.com.
0: Everything's
1: there. Phone number, comes to me. Social media, it's me. It's not outsourced to somebody. So if you get some crazy response, I can't blame it on an intern. (laughs) So hit me up. And um, I've got all kind of resources on the site, you know, free reports, CRM quiz, all kind of things. So, you know, 410 episodes of the sales podcast. Um, so there's plenty of stuff there to keep you entertained and informed and maybe even irritate you a little bit, but hey, that's what I'm here for.
0: I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a like comment and or review every interaction, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform helps this podcast to reach more people like you. Thank you for tuning in to the Higher Genius Podcast.